fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a, a New Year's Eve Eve special edition of The Voice of Reason. We are ready to rock and roll for a whole new day, ready to make it happen. Try and bring some common sense, rationale, and conservatism back into the real world. <laughs> I know it's hard to do, but hey, that's what we're going to We're going to do our best trying to make that happen. Welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. And we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Going to be a fun one. I'm going to try and keep it somewhat lighthearted today. Number one, on the update, I am riding the high right now with the cold medicine. Again, not quite sure if it's Omicron or if it's the cold because I get the cold about this time. And here in Wichita, Kansas, it's finally cooled down from the 70 degrees that we had for Christmas down to like 20. So I, that's probably it. Or I'll die from Omicron. I'm not quite sure which one yet. Not quite sure. But we're ready to rock and roll. Nothing will stop us to get off the airwaves here. So we're going to make sure that we uh, have some fun doing it today. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Tony Lyons. He's going to be joining us today talking about censorship in books and book publishing. He is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, and they've printed over 10,000 books in print with their publishing company. So we'll look forward to chatting with Tony at the bottom of the hour about modern-day book censorship. Is there book censorship going on? Is it harder to get books on certain topics as opposed to other topics? We'll have some fun chatting with him. And what can we do about it going into the new year of 2022? So we'll have some fun there. I got to admit, though, uh, we will not have a live program tomorrow because it is New Year's Eve and I'm under the weather a little bit. So that just gave me more excuse to kind of have a day off. So we're not going to be live streaming tomorrow. So today is kind of our 2021 year in review. And I thought it was really important because <laughs> I had to smile and chuckle a little bit going into the end of the year. The Probably the best thing that I've seen all day long was the fact that NASCAR, according to the Daily Caller, has a driver now that's going to have a Let's Go Brandon NAS- uh, NASCAR car in the racing yeah i mean come on that's a level up right there (laughs) now if you remember the nascar uh, scene in the docket was actually where the let's go brandon actually started when they were interviewing one of the drivers and uh, someone had said you know what about joe biden and the commentators tried to cover it up no that's not what they said they said let's go brandon you got a lot of fans here but yet you could hear it clear as bell so I like how now maybe he's the one that's actually driving that NASCAR that says, let's go, Brandon. At the same time, we're going into very odd times for the beginning of January that I want to talk a little bit more in depth with here in just a moment. But Americans diverge, according to the Wall Street Journal, on perils and lessons learned from the January 6th Capitol incident. Now, I changed that because they actually say in the Wall Street Journal, the January 6th Capitol attack. I say it's a mostly peaceful protest. Were there some idiots that did stupid things? Sure, there are. But out of, you know, 200,000 people that were there for the rallies, there was a whole 200 that walked into the Capitol and did what they did. So it was uh, like the progressives like to say with the Black Lives Matter protests, with the Antifa protests, it was a mostly peaceful protest on January 6th. But according to the Wall Street Journal, we're now a little bit divided when it comes to what actually happened on January 6th and who do we actually blame. Obviously, according to the uh, recent Quinniac poll, 
Democrats despise Donald Trump. Democrats despise Republicans on what they think happened and say, according to them, 93 percent of Democrats consider it an attack on the government. 56 percent are independents and only 29 percent of Republicans view it the same way. Mostly partisan. Makes sense. It was Donald Trump versus non-Donald Trump. I'm sure some of the Republicans are like, yeah, we hated Donald Trump. Of course he did that. Of course the Republicans did that. Uh, And it was an attack on the government. Others think it was a mostly peaceful protest and just idiots that just got a little out of hand emotionally, which there's no, I mean, obviously we can't try and rectify it or try and justify it in some way, shape or form. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. I don't like the fact that we're still investigating this stupid thing. I don't like the fact that we're focusing any attention on this thing. And I really don't like the fact that Donald Trump set to make a speech, apparently on January 6th of 2022, next week or week and a half, whenever it is. Donald Trump is going to make a speech regarding the incident. Now he's been blocking a lot of the investigations in the uh, government right now with the House committees that are trying to focus their attention on him, largely focused by Liz Cheney and the hack Republicans, the wannabe Republicans out of Wyoming and other places as well. And that's not an attack on Wyoming, by the way. I love Wyoming. I got some a lot of listeners out of Wyoming. We have some guests that have been on from Wyoming. I find it ironic as well that as they continued that movement at the federal level, Wyoming itself, a large portion of the state Republican Party has disassociated Liz Cheney with the actual Republican Party for the state of Wyoming. So well done on that one. I mean, you guys really made your your message clear, and I hope she gets the message as well, as near like 60-70% of all the county parties, uh, county Republican Party leaders in the state of Wyoming have disassociated with Liz Cheney, including, by the way, within her own district. So good on that one. But Democrats overwhelmingly think that it was an attack on the government. That's what we're going into. So while you think that 2022 may be a little bit calmer situation compared to what we've seen in the last year, think again. It's going to ramp up in intensity. It's going to ramp up in emotion. It's going to ramp up in anxiety, I think, for a lot of individuals. But we're here. Don't worry. Because here on The Voice of Reason, I am your political therapist, and we're going to work through it together. All right. You can find us all over our live streaming right now. Uh, hat tip to Opslens and Opslens app, Opslens.com, and all the social media there for uh, streaming the show. We appreciate that very much. And uh, no matter where you can find it, you can find our show at HoosierReason.com. Uh, I don't want to get into some heavy politics right now. However, there is a list, and I want to say this in actually good nature. There's some fun with it, but actually it's a positive message for us to go out to at the end of the year as we talk about some of the most influential media individuals of 2021 now usually i would do this in a tongue-in-cheek manner and i think we still will to some degree because there are some i have to admit i don't even know who they are they started off with like the top 75 i don't know who like 60 of them are but we're gonna run through some of the list here on the most influential media individuals out there and then let you know whether there's actually some good news here because we're making a difference people are paying attention if you think Newsmax is actually making win, uh, Real America's News, or Re- what is it, Real America's Voice, and One America's News Network, I always get those two mixed up, Opslens, talk show hosts, podcasters, we're making an impact on society because people are starting to realize that maybe the left-wing mainstream media is not giving you all the information. So, real quickly, I'm not going to run through all 75, obviously, we don't have time to do that, but I am going to run off some of the interesting ones that I found leading up to the top 10. And then I'll read you the top 10 and see whether you agree or disagree. Coming in at number 74, Mike Lindell, MyPillow. Now, I don't know what he's been up to lately, but boy, he did make a bit of a statement early on in the year when he was doing the whole Trump investigation and the election fraud stuff that he was doing, his big convention. 
I have my beefs with it to a degree. I like what he did to a degree. Uh, we can talk about that at another time on another conversation. We have more time to do so. But Mike Lindell coming in at number 74 for one of the most influential media people in 2021. 73, Cenk, what is a Uger? I don't know the guy. He's the guy from the Young Turks. I mean, I've seen him. He's the one that lost his mind when Trump got elected in 2016. I don't think he's influential. Outside of that losing his mind, like, freakout moment, I have no clue who he is. I've never watched any of his product, nor do I care to do so. He's a crazy hard-left socialist, and I have no interest in listening to what he has to say. Number 67, move up to there, Clay Travis. If you remember, he was a talk show host on the sports end after the passing of Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace this year. Uh, he ended up moving up with Buck Sexton, and they host a show in the middle of the day, the Buck and Clay Show, or the Clay and Buck Show, however they call it. Uh, I, It's a decent show. Nothing bad to say about it, but interesting how he's already somewhat of an influential media person going into 2021. Savannah Guthrie, I think, honestly, that she's only important this year and influential because she tried to be a little tough on Donald Trump. I think that's the only reason why she's actually important in any way she performed. Outside of that, no one actually really cares. 62, Greg Kelly from Newsmax. Newsmax making their debut on the top most influential media people for the year. That's good to hear. Jim Cramer. That, yeah, yeah, that guy. Remember that guy? To me, we have the strongest economy. Yeah, yeah, we got the strongest economy. Greatest recovery in the whole world. We've never been able to recover like we did under Joe Biden. He's got a financial show out of everything telling you how to invest your stocks. Here's my advice. Everything he says, do the opposite, please. Jim Acosta at number 50. That's kind of hysterical. Dan Bongino, another conservative talk show host, number 43. Sanjay Gupta at number 41. Now, I get it. He's a doctor guy. It's been COVID. People care about their health. I get it. I think I've heard more about Dr. Sanjay Gupta after his interview with Joe Rogan than I did actually from his show and from his podcast and from everything else that he does. That's just me, though. Maybe you've heard more. Anderson Cooper dropped down to 34. That's hysterical. Chuck Todd at number 33. Also hysterical. Laura Ingram, Fox News at 30. Brett Baer at 27. Ben Shapiro at 26. I don't know if you noticed or not. That's a good list of at least three conservatives right there making some influencing decisions for you going into the new year. That's kind of nice. Bill Maher at 17 and Rachel Maddow at number 11. So our top 10, here's our top 10 for the most influential media people of 2021. And again, don't know if you agree or not. Number 10, Jonathan Carl. No clue who this guy is. Oh, that's right. He's the ABC News Chief Washington Correspondent. I'm, what is it? Jonathan Carl. I don't pay attention to ABC, so I have no idea. Matt Drudge, the Drudge Report, has gone far left, unfortunately, on many aspects. And I don't use the Judge Report much anymore for uh, content or for show prep or for looking up at news. But still somewhat of an influential guy. Sean Hannity at number eight. George Stephanopoulos at number seven. That's only because he gets all the big interviews. He sat down with a one-on-one with Biden. That's the only, and he did, uh, what was it? The, he did the 60 Minutes with Alec Baldwin recently, too, didn't he? Pretty sure he did. Yeah. And number eight, still somehow relevant in the discussion, Oprah Winfrey is one of the most influential media people. Does she even have a show anymore? I don't know. I don't watch it. I don't pay attention to it, so not sure if she does or not. Clarissa Ward at number five. No clue who that is. Chief International Correspondent from CNN. That would explain it. No one pays attention to CNN, but somehow she's relatively influential. Jeff, uh, Jeff Zucker? Not Zuckerberg. No. Jeff Zucker. The uh, former president of CNN, apparently influential again in some way, shape, or form. Number three, Suzanne Scott from Fox News. Number two, Joe Rogan. Imagine this, if you will, and this is the point that I want to get to in a second, so bear with me here, that podcasters that you 
outside of the norm, outside of the mainstream can actually make a difference. Joe Rogan at number two, one of the most influential guys in the country and number one most influential media person in the country was none other than Fox News' Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I'm telling you. So, point in case, we're making a difference. While the media is starting to recognize that their ratings suck on the left-wing media and that they don't hold a candle to Fox News, to Newsmax, to One America's News Network, to Real America's Voice, to you know different uh, streaming sites like OpsLens and some of the other places, while we're starting to look at content elsewhere, we can make a difference. The whole point of this show, for some of the new listeners that may not know me a whole lot, uh, one of the things that we focus on in this show is local activism and being the catalyst to change. It's not about me. It's not about me just up here trying to do my thing. And, you know, I try to entertain you, try to give you some information. But it's not about me trying to change the world as some other hosts have tried to take upon themselves. It's really about just exciting you to make the change locally because politics is coming back to the local level. And I think we've noticed that going into the last election that we saw, what, a month ago when we saw in New Jersey or in uh, yeah in Jersey and in Virginia and in West Virginia where people were upset they didn't have a say in the local school board. During the last two years, during COVID, when the when the uh, school districts were telling your kids you have to wear a mask, you're going to have to get vaccinated, you're not going to be allowed to walk into stores, you're not going to be allowed to walk into restaurants, we're recognizing that the politics happens at the local level. As much as it's important of what's going on in Washington, D.C., we have more control over your city council, your school board, your county commission, your state legislature, and we may make those changes. The federal government has to follow suit because if they don't, they become irrelevant. They have no control over the situation. We're working on it. The grassroots campaigning coming back from the conservative side. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to be your political therapist. Let your emotions out. Let me know what you're thinking. Release all of that tension and anger. And sometimes you just got to be a little zen, right? Just got to, yeah, there we go. Take that deep breath in and realize that Joe Biden's administration is a quarter of the way through for the first term if he's able to make it that long. (laughs) I think that's positive. Always on the bright side, right? Welcome back into the show. There is something that we do need to address, though, going into 2022, because it's going to be really important for us to focus on this. If we don't, it is going to be a disaster for the economy. It's going to be a disaster trying to get out of this COVID garbage. It's going to be a disaster trying to get employees back into the workforce. While they say that we've increased, uh, Joe Biden has lied through his teeth left and right. And we read this, what, about a week or so ago about the number of new jobs that Joe Biden has created, where he's created more new jobs than any president in the first 10 months of their office, which is not true. It's an absolute lie. You cannot shut down the economy, force everybody out of the workforce, and then try and rehire people back to the jobs they used to have and call them new jobs and job growth. It's not true. It's fake news. It's a lie. And you need to be aware of it. You are fake news. Yeah. So as we're trying to recover which has not happened yet. We're sitting at a near 7% inflation rate across the nation as an average. We have businesses that are still struggling. They can't get the supply chain issues that they need fixed to where they can actually have their product in the shelves the way they need to. We're trying to get people back into business as in like the, you know, the, the bar and nightclub in your community, the local restaurant, the local venue that actually has concerts and stuff. Those people that are making those minimum wage positions and actually are, you know, kind of the grunt force of the of the economy. They're not back in the workforce yet. Not all of them. Some of them are, but not all of them. And now what do we see going into 2022 As according to CNBC, more than half of U.S. states are set to raise their minimum wages for the new year, but employees, employers are hiking pay faster. Now, look, I'm all for paying someone as much as I possibly can. I am a small business owner. I do contract work on uh, graphic design and podcast production and video production, that sort of thing. Uh, and, And it's growing. And of course, this program is a business in itself as well that's continuously growing by leaps and bounds. And we're really blessed and honored to have that happen because of you, the listener, listening to us every day. But When I hire somebody, I'm looking forward to paying them as much as I possibly can to take care of them so they enjoy their job and I don't have to go through the mundane routine of finding someone over and over and over and over again if I ever get to the point of hiring somebody for my job. But I'm going to pay them within the means of what that job is actually worth. Now, they're looking at raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. It's been an argument from the progressive for a very long time. Is this the time to try to implement a $15 an hour minimum wage. More than half of U.S. states are trying to raise the minimum wage. Now, I say it with a you know, tug of war going on here. I'm glad states are doing it and not the federal government. I'm all about state rights and have the states being able to make their own decisions. But are they being strong-armed by the federal government based on the economic situation that they've been put into because of decisions from the federal government? At the same time, I don't even like states involved in this issue, honestly. I think it should be up to the business. Because guess what? We seem to forget this, and it goes back to the previous conversation. You, you as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You don't have to join some organization to fight for your rights. You have the ability to do that. You go in as an entry-level position, 
You learn about what you can. You get the experience that you need. You learn how to do the job. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. During COVID, again, another positive is that we found our value. We were able to become our own entrepreneurs. We were scared about losing our jobs, so we started side projects. We started side businesses. We did our own thing. Capitalism. We found a way to slide into the market and do things on our own or do it remotely or do it a different way. Take it with you. But if they try to raise minimum wage again, how many more businesses are going to shut down while we're still on the tail end of this COVID crap and this pandemic that keeps the economy suppressed? I don't want to see any more businesses have to shut down in 2022. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you may be watching or listening, I think the live stream, having a little issue there. Not sure what's going on on the, uh, at least the Facebook Live. Some of the other streams may be working. Not sure. Had some comments on there. We'll get to those in a second. You're right. Maxwell Case, we broke that on the show yesterday as that uh, decision came out during our program. So, We'll touch on that here a little bit. We also want to do our 2021 year in review recap as we continue on with the show. Thanks for joining us today. Again, I feel good. It's just, it's setting in my throat and I don't know why it bugs me every time I get a cold. Every single time for years. Probably because I use my throat all day long to be able to talk on the radio. But every year it sets right in my throat and it bugs the heck out of me. So we're powering through last half hour here on the show. Fastest hour of radio on radio, really. All over the place. Find us online at HoosierReason.com. Find our social media at HoosierReason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R. Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, Instagram, our Freedom Book, TikTok, whatever. Uh, or the website at HoosierReason.com. And it's got a list of all of them right there as well. I don't want to waste any time. Let's get in right to our guest. Got a lot to get to. What's trending today? So one thing we have to work is, work on in 2022, we're starting to, starting to find different platforms of social media. That's why there's so many out there. I remember back in the day, now I was a little young. I had one, didn't really use it, but it what, what was it, MySpace? And it was mostly like the music stuff, which apparently MySpace is coming back. 
everybody wants to talk about music. That's cool. I may have to start one on there again. And then it was Facebook, and I was way late to the game on Facebook because I just wasn't a social media kind of guy. But content in general, whether it's social media, whether it's the mainstream media, whether it's books, whether it's radio, whether it's TV, there's something weird going on in the world to where if you have a certain view, then it gets censored. It gets shadow banned. It gets silenced. You're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to bring it up. And they say, quote, that it's fake news. But yet you are fake news. I know. I know. Right. So how do we counter this? What do we do to fight some of this? And what can we do to get our word out? Because here's the winning part. Conservatism wins when it's challenged. The raw philosophy of life, the raw constitutional limited government free market values of conservatism, they win Every single time. So when the other side tries to fight it and tries to fight it and they lose every single time, what they have to do eventually is limit the exposure to it so that way people don't know it. Kind of like at the church did back in the Middle Ages when they wouldn't let people learn how to read because only they knew what the word of God actually was. Kind of sick, isn't it? Uh, when you give government or any entity too much power like that, then things seem to go sideways. How do we fight it? Excited to talk about that with our next guest. He is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, as they've uh, published more than 10,000 books in print and uh, has been able to fight censorship in different types of books, including books like Woody Allen and Alan Dershowitz and so many others. Excited to have on the program with us here, Tony Lyons. Tony, how are you, my friend? Good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Hey, I appreciate it very much you coming on here. This is an interesting topic. I mean, you don't hear, I mean, you hear about social media content. You hear about, you know, podcast content. You hear about, you know, even radio and TV at times. You don't normally hear about books being censored, but uh, it happens quite a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a ton of censorship these, these days, and it's getting worse and worse. So this book is called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And there's lots of censorship and all kinds of corruption that are covered in the book. But the story is, you know, this is the best-selling book in America right now. It sold over 550,000 copies in all formats in just six weeks. And yet there's been a total media blackout in the sense that no major newspaper has covered the book. Bookstores are refusing to carry it. Libraries are refusing to carry it. You can't advertise it on big tech platforms because they call it misinformation. I mean, just on every conceivable level, it's being censored. It's being um, sort of attacked. And, you know, one of the ways that they're doing it is they're deciding to go after the author, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., in every way they can, instead of addressing the allegations in the book. So there have been something like 10 hit pieces that have come out simultaneously with publication of the book. Most of them don't even mention the book. None of them mention the content in the book, you know, other than the title. And they basically go after Robert Kennedy for everything they can conceive of just to try to discredit him. And they want to call it, so without describing what's in it, and clearly without reading it, they want to call it misinformation. But the thing is, you know, how can a book like this be misinformation? It's got 2,194 citations. It's got blurbs from doctors and lawyers and scientists, even a Nobel Prize winner. I mean, this is a very serious book. It's a you know, it's a book now that's got uh, almost 5,000 reviews from consumers, wow. uh, you know, none from the media, but almost, you know, 5,000 from consumers and 93% of those are five star. 
So this is a meticulously researched, legitimate, serious book, and it's just being censored every way possible because of the content. And that's not supposed to happen in America, you know, as you know. No, exactly. I mean, uh, it's not supposed to happen in America. We are supposed to have the freedom of press to be able to say anything we want to, and it's up to the consumer to decide what they like or dislike or what they agree with or don't agree with. This is fascinating because, first off, I'm shocked that they go after a Kennedy. I thought that was like, you know, the whole Kennedy thing was their golden children because, you know, the Kennedys kind of ran things for so long. So I'm quite fascinated by that. But the real Anthony Fauci, obviously, they would lose complete control over the entire pandemic if they realized what was really going on behind the scenes. Yeah, clearly they're just willing to go after anybody now. And they're, they're doctors and scientists at really high levels who are being totally deplatformed. They're being kicked off Facebook, kicked off Instagram, kicked off Twitter. It's just happening daily now. And, you know, there has to be some room in this country for dialogue and debate. I mean, this is a democracy, and we, we have to act like citizens of a democratic country. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't just call everything that you disagree with misinformation. And like you said before, you know, if you have a better argument, you can make that argument. You don't need censorship. Yeah, I've always so, believed I've you know, always believed that if you have an idea, I love to challenge that idea. And if it doesn't pan out when it gets challenged, then it's time for you to change or else you become ignorant. If you do change and evolve, that means you're growing. And if it stands the test of time, then it's something that you hold dear to. But a lot of people don't have that mentality anymore. It's either my way or the highway. And if you say something different, I'm going to attack you on social media in the Tweety and call you bad names. But what they don't comprehend is that if you do that to other people, it comes back to haunt you <laughs> because in a particular circumstance, you know, you might have more power. You know, you can stop a book from being in your local library or at your school or, you know, not review it in your newspaper. But then when there's something that you really believe in, you then become shocked when it happens to you. So the thing about censorship and the thing about the Constitution is that it's supposed to apply evenly to everything. So if you believe in censorship of things that you disagree with, then you're, you know, basically agreeing with it for things that you that you cherish. Those yeah. things are going to be censored too and we're going to then have a fascist country. So you can't have it both ways. You can't just censor things that that you don't like. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we've gotten to this point. We're talking with Tony Lyons, president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. The book, need to check out The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. Here's the big question. Are we getting, going into 2022 and wrapping up this year, are we getting better with it by finding new alternatives? I know Trump's come out with his new social media site. You have your publishing companies like yours trying to get the word out in different ways, or are we getting worse because as we try to find new outlets, they try to stomp them out as they happen? I think that we are getting better. So, you know, I would like to just put out this hopeful thought that there is a kind of revolt happening now, that a, that a book that is censored in so many different ways. I mean, even the New York Times bestseller list that we used to always think was a legitimate bestseller list, or, you know, some people did. But basically, they don't even go by the numbers. So the New York Times bestseller list is basically a recommended reading list for people who read the New York Times. So they call it a bestseller list, but they're books that sell much, much better than their top title. So their top title for the first couple of weeks that the real Anthony Fauci uh, was in press was a book called The 1619 Project, which is written by a New York Times journalist. 
It, it sold far fewer copies on NPD BookScan than the real Anthony Fauci. And yet uh, Bobby Kennedy's book was number seven and their own book written by their own staff member was number one. So you see the, the, the corruption and the censorship goes all the way through. But the, but the hopeful side of it is that even with all of that, a book can sell this well. Yeah. And basically what it's showing is that there's, there's a kind of revolt going on and that people are finding all of these new platforms, like you mentioned, and yeah. they're, they're, they're learning things and they're seeking out the alternative views because they don't believe that somebody like Dr. Fauci should get away with the things that he says because they, they're so clearly wrong. So Fauci says on national television that he represents science. And that if you disagree with him, then you disagree with science. And that's so un-American. I mean, how can an American leader, I mean, he's unelected, but he's a leader. How can he say something like that? I mean, that's what happens in a fascist country. Yeah. You know, well, you're right. and that's, that's why I, and it's, it's messy. No, it is very messy and it's supposed to be that way. And that's why people are starting to say, wait a second, something's not adding up what's going on here but they're not getting it. They know there's a gap in the missing puzzle, uh, the puzzle piece there, but they can't find it. And that's what you guys are there for. That's what this kind of content is there for, to say, hey, let's fill in those gaps. It's the real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. Go check out the book. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the writer. Skyhorsepublishing.com is the website. You can go and check it out, along with all their other great books as well. Tony, we're out of time, my friend. It's Tony Lyons. We appreciate it very much. Happy New Year's to you, my friend. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. That would be great. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, absolutely. We appreciate that very much. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm telling you, censorship. But we're on the winning side. We are opening up opportunities. We are fighting back against this. This is going to be our year. I'm going to give you so much positive energy going into the beginning of 2022. It's not even going to be funny. Lots more coming up on the show. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes here at the show. Wrap it up for a New Year's Eve Eve here on the program. As a reminder, programming note, I will not be here tomorrow. I'm going to take a little R&R day. Also, because I'm feeling a little under the weather, trying to get past that. So I'll be back at it, ready to rock and roll for a Monday to kick some you-know-what for 2022 and get ready to rock and roll here again. <laughs> it could be the cold. It could be the Omicron. So I'm either going to have the sniffles or I'm going to die, according to Fauci. Either one, I'm not sure which one yet. Not sure. No, no. <laughs> so we'll have to see. One thing to keep an eye on, though, as we wrap up the program and get ready to wrap up 2021, one thing to keep an eye on tomorrow, obviously being the last day of the year, tomorrow is a huge monumental day for Joe Biden and the progressive Democrats because they did not get their Build Back Better plan passed. They did not get it. What does that mean, Andy? What that means is that they haven't passed their massive $5 trillion boondoggle of all the social program expansions that they wanted. They didn't get their Green New Deal stuff that they wanted outside of the little bit they got in the infrastructure bill. They did not get the monumental thing that they wanted going into the new year, which was the child tax credit extension. That wasn't really a child tax credit. It was a universal basic income. And we say that because people that didn't even qualify for the child tax credit because they didn't make enough money got money for their children in a monthly check and the sums of thousands of dollars for all the kids that they have. And they got that even without qualifying for hitting the amount that's needed to qualify for that standard and that write-off. And that's deductible. So it wasn't a child tax credit. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to borrow from your taxes. It is for those that can normally afford it. The rest of everybody else, it was just a simple free check to everybody going out. And that was the monumental piece, the one thing that they were going to hold on as a legacy for Joe Biden for the first year. We've talked about it before of how many executive orders versus how many bills have actually been signed normally and the right way. And there has been singular one that has been signed by Congress and that has been uh, uh, approved by the Supreme Court and signed by the executive branch that is President Joe Biden. The one, the infrastructure bill, the federal budget was kind of an omnibus thing of like, we're just going to extend everything. And it's extended to what, like the end of March right now. So we don't even have a real legitimate federal budget either because they were banking on this Build Back Better plan to be passed before the end of the year. And tomorrow is the deadline for it. So what do progressives do while they're losing and they realize their policies are unpopular and while they realize that no one wants their socialist garbage, they realize just like they did at the end of the election just a month or so ago in West Virginia and Virginia and New Jersey and everywhere else. They realize, well, they don't really dislike our agenda. We just didn't get to implement it fast enough. We didn't get to find a way to ram it down their throat so they would have to enjoy it. That's the mindset of the Democrat. Instead of just saying, wow, you guys really don't like this stuff. Okay, maybe we should backtrack a little bit to be more popular to win the election in the midterms. No, they're like, oh, you guys really do like it. You just don't know it yet until we actually force feed you the actual bill. So they have until tomorrow. 
which means they're scrambling. Most of Congress is not in Washington, D.C. right now. So what are they going to do? Many progressives are urging Joe Biden to pass an executive order to pass the Build Back Better plan, or at least portions of it of what they can legally, which he will probably do tomorrow. Part of it may be that extension of the child tax credit because that was their monumental piece. Yeah, they got an infrastructure bill, but the infrastructure bill only went so far. The rest of the infrastructure, and remember, we spent $2 trillion on infrastructure that wasn't really infrastructure because you could actually do road bridges and highways for three to $400 million. We had money setting aside from COVID that we never spent that could have funded that. We wouldn't have had to pass anything. It would have been, wouldn't have had to raise taxes or more spending. It would have been done. It would have been cleared, and it would have been over. But we didn't do that. We ended up spending a $1.5, $2 trillion plan, and now we have a 4 to $5 trillion plan still sitting there with Build Back Better because it's all social programs. It's the expansion of Medicare and Medicaid. It's the expansion of Social Security. It's the expansion of the child tax credit. Again, air quotes there for the radio listeners, child tax credit. It's an expansion of all that stuff that was going to be the monumental progressive bill for Joe Biden to say, hey, I'm taking care of you. Look at my great socialist policies going into a midterm election on all the stuff that we've done for you. Now, as conservatives, we cringe because we understand that when the government's there to help, we understand that that is an extremely dangerous situation. But for progressives, they love it. For some moderates, they love it. For those that are teetering on the line of, can I pay my bills this week or can I not pay my bills this week? Some of them love it because it's an assistance to them. Again, air quotes, because it's really not. But they say it is. So what will Joe Biden do going into tomorrow for the end of 20? He has to sign it by tomorrow or else it's done. It's dead. It's over. Finito. Will he sign an executive action or will they try and find Joe Manchin? Will they try and ram it through last minute? Time will tell what's going to happen tomorrow for the end of 2021. And it'll be fun to watch, but they're starting to slip away. The agenda's crumbling and falling apart, and only the Democrats think that it's because they're not doing it fast enough. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it on Monday. We're taking a day off. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Happy New Year to you. Let's get ready for the greatest year yet that's going to be 2022. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.